Hey, Revival, thanks for joining us this morning. Sorry we can't be together uh, in person. We, uh, you know, I called Andrew yesterday kind of early uh, in the day, about 11, and uh, we were just talking a little bit, and I was out driving, and I was just like, wow, the roads are actually really still pretty bad. Like, I was like, I know we've never done this. Like, we've met every Sunday since we began as a church. I was like, and I saw all these other churches, you know, doing this, going online, canceling. I was like, no, we don't need to do that. But after actually going out and driving for a little bit yesterday morning, I was like, I just saw a lot of, you know, cars off the road and um, just, I was like, okay, it does look pretty bad. I was calling Andrew. He was coming back from a trip to Colorado, actually. And, uh, you know, I was telling him this. He's like, I just drove through a blizzard in the mountains like I only had one windshield wiper like I'm sure the Omaha roads are not that bad you know he was really cocky about it and I was like he was gonna get back into town around like four or five uh last night so I told him all right you take a second pass like when you come back into Omaha you kind of drive around uh check out the roads for us and you just get an idea and you let me know like if you think like all right they're good enough like we can still meet tomorrow and he's like yeah sure no problem and you know Mr. Mountain Man, you know, he texted me up uh, last night and he's like, okay, actually, they are pretty bad still. <laughs> I was like, shoot. All right. So just with the, all the wind, you know, we were kind of following along with some of the weather tracking people and they said uh, just all the wind uh, was keeping the, the road crews from actually being able to salt anything because they're just blowing off anyway. Um, and so just for, we have a lot of just different volunteers, different car situations, different family situations uh, that help make everything happen on a Sunday. And we didn't want people to feel like, oh man, I got, I got to risk it. I got to be there um, and put them or their family in a, just a tough situation. Um, so yeah, we, we hate not meeting together, but we're thankful that we can still do this. Uh, and we know and we're confident um, this is going to be a very few and far between option for our church. And I also, if you've been doing prayer and fasting with us uh, over these uh, last seven days, uh, we just began last, uh, this past Monday, uh, we've got scripture you can follow along. Uh, you can text PLANTED2024 if you still want to jump in on the remainder of prayer and fasting with us. Uh, but if you've been doing it, we have scripture for each day. And, uh, you know, I mean, God has a very funny sense of humor sometimes because actually the passage we're in today, uh, I'm going to read it, Hebrews 10, is actually one of the key passages um, that he really laid on my heart when we were first beginning revival. Um, and it's this passage about do not neglect meeting together. And so even for us today, uh, on a Sunday when uh, we can't meet together, uh, I do want to encourage you, um, just know like you can reach out. Like the church is still here. Uh, we're here for each other. Um, you know, you can reach out. You can still join a small group. Uh, you can get connected that way. Uh, you can uh, join one of our serve teams. That's another great way to get connected. Uh, but then we also, we're going to have a couple times where we're still going to meet throughout the week. Uh, especially this week, we want to encourage people. Um, and it, obviously, we weren't able to get together in person today. But Tuesday and Thursday, uh, we have prayer nights happening at the Better Together campus. 
uh, in the same area where we have kids ministry, that's South Annex, and uh, Tuesday, Thursday at 7 p.m. this week, we're meeting. So I'd love to encourage you, if you're just feeling like, man, I, you know, isolated, alone in this season, uh, maybe, you know, you were just really counting on church this morning, uh, I just want you to know, there's still times that we're going to be meeting this week, and so, you know, if you need prayer, if you need encouragement, uh, if you just need to talk with somebody, uh, come out Tuesday or Thursday to the Better Together campus, that South Annex, uh, and once again, if, if, you're, if you've never been in person with us, you can message us social media, you can email us, uh, you can email me personally, alex at revivalomaha.org, uh, and we'll get you all the information that you need, but Tuesday, Thursday, 7 p.m., prayer nights happening this week, because uh, we don't, just like what, what it says in Hebrews, we don't want to neglect meeting together. So let's read that first passage. Uh, this is what we're going through here uh, as a church family. Um, we have a different scripture we're going through each day, a different passage. And we've just been encouraging people to uh, to do something we call SOAP. Uh, just S-O-A-P. And then we add a little D at the end. soap Alright? So the S is just scripture. We give you a scripture every day. The O you just write down your observations. As you read through the scripture, write down anything that just kind of pops out to you. The A is application. You just start to write down anything that you can apply from this scripture each day uh, that you want to apply to your life, that you want to start to live out. Uh, and then P, you pray it over your life. And then that D at the very end, you declare it. You declare it out loud. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And so when we begin to speak scripture out over our lives, it changes us and it changes things around us. It changes how we view the world. And so there's power in declaring God's truth over our lives. Okay, So here we go. Hebrews 10. Here's what we got today. Verse 19, if you're following along. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. We have a high priest over our house. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He has promises all throughout Scripture. He's faithful. Verse 24, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. That last part there, that's the part that you know, a couple of years ago when uh, churches were closing doors during COVID and, and not meeting in person, that was one of the verses I, I really felt the Holy Spirit laying on me for the heart of revival, uh, which is why, once again, I, I tell you, I find it uh, really convicting and really ironic that, you know, today just happens to line up as one of those passages. And so for us, like I said, this is going to be few and far between. It's, uh, yeah, it's something we would... We don't take lightly, or we don't make this decision lightly. Um, but we don't want to be a church that, you know, where we just begin to take anything lightly uh, when it comes to gathering together. And um, 
we take that very seriously because that's what it says in God's word. And we take God's word seriously. We take him at his word for what he says. So we consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. So that means when he was writing this, there were some that were beginning to take that assembling, that gathering together. They were beginning to take it lightly. I think even for us in this season, this is a good season to just get realigned and just an adjustment. Just like going to the chiropractor. Sometimes we just need to get readjusted. And so for some of us, there's probably some of us that are even checking in right now because, oh, it's online today. Like, that's great. That's convenient. I haven't been in person in a while. And, and that's okay that you haven't been in person for a while. But I'm, I'm telling you, this letter, this letter's for you today too. Like, it, it wasn't just for them back then. It's still for all of us today. And so if you've been taking that lightly, like, I don't, I don't really need to go. I don't really need to go in person. I can just listen to the podcast or... You know, I can just check in with this online church or this online church. I, I'm telling you, this is for you today. Don't take this lightly. This is a time where we can come back into alignment with God's word and say, wow, he takes us serious that we gather together, that we stir up love and good works when we're in community together. We think sometimes that we can just do it on our own. No, we need to be in community with each other. That's where love and good works are stirred up. So then, after I got hit with that this morning, right off the bat, uh, somehow, you know, I, I don't know what happened, but one of my pages got flipped, and all of a sudden I was reading, and I thought I was on the same page, and I found myself in Hebrews 12. And so if you want now, you can just flip over about one page, Hebrews 12, verse 12. And I've been, uh, I've been reading this book. There's this book I've been going through, uh, and it basically just it walks you through the Torah. The first five books of the Bible. It walks you through the Torah in a year. And it just so happened that this past Monday, uh, the scripture I was reading, it dealt, with, uh, it dealt with the story of Esau. And then it just so happened this morning, like the page that got flipped open was right here, Hebrews 12, verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. The story of Esau is powerful. When we really begin to look at it, as I was reading through it in Genesis last week, and then I see this today, they don't go easy on Esau in Scripture. They don't say, oh, he was tricked or, oh, he was deceived. No, no, no. What's it said? For one morsel of food, he sold his birthright. Like he just, he gave it up. Sometimes, I mean, I think we read that story in Genesis and think, oh, you know, he's kind of the victim here. No. Like, he gave up something that was valuable 
in a moment of hunger, which for us in a season of prayer and fasting, this is one of the reasons we fast. Because if we don't learn to walk in the spirit and not the flesh, we'll walk the same path as Esau. We'll give up something valuable, something of the spirit for something of the flesh, something to feed the flesh. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. There's a day that comes when there's no more time for repentance. There's a day that comes when if we keep walking the path of the flesh, we'll want to repent, but it'll be too late. That's what Esau found himself in. He, he even, I mean, he shed tears. Like he came to a place of brokenness, but it was too late. He'd already given it up. We can do the same thing. We have, we have birthright. We have an inheritance as believers through Christ, through what he's done on the cross, we're now co-heirs. But if we sell our birthright to feed the flesh, and we continually feed the flesh and we just say, oh, you know, I, I don't need that right now. I don't need the birthright. I, I just need what the world has. There will come a day where it will be too late for repentance. That's what we see right here in the story of Esau. Go back to Genesis. Genesis uh, 25. Genesis 25, verse 29. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. He wasn't tricked. He wasn't deceived. He knew exactly what he was giving up. Sometimes when we fall into sin, when we follow the flesh, sometimes we're just like... I was tricked, I was deceived. Even, you know, go all the way back to Adam and Eve. I was tricked, I was deceived. Adam plays the blame game. Eve plays the blame game. Everybody just plays the blame game, the victim game. It says, oh, it was their fault. It was their fault, their fault. And then it was not really my fault. I didn't really understand. I didn't really know what I was doing. No, no, no. We know exactly what we're doing. We're choosing to walk by the flesh and not the spirit. Which, that's one of the most powerful things. When you begin to fast, especially, specifically, you know, we have non-food fasts that we, you know, encourage people to do, um, especially if you're pregnant or nursing, do not do a food fast. Uh, the non-food fast, they're great. You know, it's great to give up social media. It's great to give up TV, movies. But I am telling you, it, it is something different when you begin to give up a meal or you begin to give up, uh, you know, uh, something, you know, that you crave. Maybe it's coffee, maybe it's caffeine. Uh, when you begin to give these things up, 
It's powerful what takes place because you begin to feed your spirit and starve your flesh. And so it helps strengthen you and build you up in your spirit, which that's something that's why we do this together corporately as a church, because we want our people to be built up in the spirit and to not give in to the flesh when they have a moment like Esau. When they're hungry, when they see something they want, when they see something they desire, that they would not choose to follow their flesh, but they would choose to follow the Spirit. That they would not sacrifice their birthright in a moment of weakness. We have a birthright as believers. So what you see here in uh, 26:34, you see Esau taking wives who were idol worshippers. These, these women, they came uh, from other tribes. These were not women uh, that had been approved of by his parents. And so it brought them grief. Once again, you see Esau following the flesh and not the spirit. That's what's happening here. We see this constant theme throughout his life. Now we move on again. Genesis 27, verse 1. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me and make me savory food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats. I'll make savory food from them for your father such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it and that he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and, it shall seem, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. And he went, he got them, he brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah Rebecca took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she gave the savory food and the bread, which she had prepared, into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit, and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him, and he said, The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Then he said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's game, so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, 
Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. Verse 30. Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. He also had made savory food and he brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? So he said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, who? Where's the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him, and indeed he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me also, my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master, and all your brethren I have given to him as servants. With grain and wine I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me also. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. There's that connection there between what we read in Hebrews. Esau comes to this point where he, he's broken, he's in tears for what he's missed out on. He finally realizes what he misses out on. When he sold his birthright, he gave up the blessing. He thought that they were two separate things, but they were the same thing. He thought they were two separate things, but they were connected. He thought he could give up his birthright, but still receive the blessing, but they were connected. It was the blessing of the firstborn. That was what he gave up. He gave up his birthright as the firstborn. He gave up both. He thought he could give up one and still have the other. He thought he could feed the flesh, but still have the blessing. There's so many of us, uh, that's what we get caught up in sometimes. We think we can feed the flesh, but still have the blessing. But we give up our birthright, we give up our blessing. We give up the inheritance that's been promised to us, that was bought and paid for by Christ on the cross. So when we come into this season of fasting, we don't just take it lightly. No, no, no. There's something that we need to learn in this season. I, I'm being reminded this whole past week. I, I just, I, I feel like this temptation, this draw to the world, this draw, like I, I just feel more so than ever, uh, just this desire, man, just feed the flesh. And it's like, no, we, we have to learn to die to the flesh. And if we would just continually just follow the Spirit, if we would be fed by the Spirit, if we would just eat of His Word, even today as we're going through His Word, we're eating the bread. This is, His Word is the bread. It's the bread of life. That's what Jesus said. He said he's, Jesus says, I'm the Word, I'm the bread of life. 
And so if we would just eat off of this, and so when you come to a time where you're skipping a meal, where you're fasting, if you would just go to his word and you'd begin to eat, you'd begin to feel fed. The hunger would begin to decrease and the filling and the fullness that he promises, it would begin to increase as you read his word and you begin to pray it over your life, you begin to declare it over your life, you'll begin to be fed in a way that you haven't been fed before. The other thing, once again, it, it just it keeps popping out to me. Esau just keeps playing the victim. Verse 36 in chapter 27. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, and he said, Then have you not reserved that blessing for me? He took away my birthright, and now he has taken away my blessing. No, no, no. Esau gave. He gave his birthright to Jacob. And when he gave his birthright to Jacob, he had given his blessing also. He gave up both. Yeah, I just keep getting reminded of Adam and Eve when they're deceived by the serpent. Adam blames the woman. The woman blames the serpent. Nobody ever wants to take ownership. Nobody ever wants to own their part in it. That's the other part that really just sticks out to me here about Esau's life. He refuses to take ownership that in a moment of hunger, he gave up his birthright. So many times I remember reading this story or hearing this story and I felt like people taught it like, oh, Jacob was the bad guy. Jacob, you know, he was the deceiver. You know, he was all these things. Jacob was shrewd, yeah. And his mother was shrewd. But what I, what I see here, Esau was the one that gave it up. Esau was the one that gave it away. And so when he gave away his birthright, the thought he could keep the blessing, he was in the wrong. In fact, he knew. I, I really believe, like, he knew, like, oh, yeah, they're connected. They go together. And I, I believe, like, he thought he could, I, I think he was really trying to trick Jacob. Like, he was saying, oh, yeah, you could have my birthright. Because in his mind, he's like, I'm still going to get the blessing when it comes time. I'm still going to receive the blessing. Because my father, he won't give it to Jacob. He knows I'm the oldest son. I'm his favorite. You see that also in, the, in this uh, story. You see that his father favored Esau and his mother favored Jacob. And so I really believe as we're reading through this here, he thought, oh, I, I can give up the birthright, but I'll still get the blessing. And I think for some of us here today, we need to hear that. We think, oh, I, I can feed the flesh, but I'll still receive the blessing. I, I, I can chase after this world. I, 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 can, I can sell my birthright, but I'll still receive the blessing in the end. But there comes a day where it's too late for repentance. And so now, even in this moment, uh, it's just a good time to repent. I, I, I just feel like, you know, even this past week, uh, I was talking to one of the people, one of our leaders from the church, and uh, and she mentioned, you know, there was um, someone she was having a conversation with, and 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 she, they they just had a good conversation about repentance, and it was just a good reminder. She said, 
no matter how many times we talk about it and no matter how many times we look at it in Scripture, we need to keep being reminded about the power of repentance, the power of confession, the power of uh, just saying, I, I was wrong. Rather than saying they were wrong or they did this to me or I, I'm the victim. No, no, the power of repentance is just saying, no, no, no I, I sinned. I stepped outside of God's word. I, I gave up my birthright. I, I fed the flesh instead of my spirit. And so for us as a church, just as we close out this morning, I would just encourage you, uh, maybe just write down, journal down, um, just something that you need to repent for. Um, you know, we've talked about this before, but uh, repentance in the Old Testament, their understanding of that word repentance just means to burn the house down. And so there's the, we're dwelling places for God. We're a house for Him. Uh, but our old house is a house of the flesh. And so we just burn that house down. And uh, that's what repentance continually does. We just we keep burning away the old things, the things that don't belong, the things of the flesh, the things that we just keep trying to feed on from this world. And we continually try to chase after and listen to the Spirit in our lives. And so in this moment, yeah, I would just encourage all of us uh, as a church body, um, take some time. Uh, take communion in this moment. Take some bread. Uh, you know, unless you got little kids, you probably don't have grape juice, but, you know, you could probably find some kind of substitute, but just uh, remember his body, remember his blood in this moment. Uh, take this time to repent and confess and, uh, and just say, I I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for whatever it was this past week where I, uh, I fed the flesh uh, and, I, and I chased after my own desires uh, and I, I gave in in a moment of weakness uh, and I gave up my birthright. Uh, but I, I, I would tell you, um, like, the great thing is we are covered by the blood. And so as long as we keep a heart of repentance, a heart of always turning back to him, just keep that at the forefront. That's why David was called a man after God's own heart. Because when he sinned, when he was confronted by Nathan the prophet, what did he do? He didn't respond in pride. He didn't respond in... No, like the blame game or saying, well, Bathsheba tempted me. She was on the roof. No, no, no. He owned his sin and he repented. A repentant heart, that's the key to being a man or a woman after God's own heart. It's the repentance. And so that's what I want to encourage you with today. Uh, if you've been playing the blame game, if you've been playing the victim game, uh, if you've been pointing your finger at all these other places or people and saying it's their fault, it's this person's fault, I, I wasn't going to do that, I, I didn't want to do that, uh, it's my phone's fault, I, I didn't want you know, Facebook to show me that image or you know, Instagram to pop up that ad, and uh, whatever it is, we have to stop pointing the finger like Esau and we just have to own it and say, no, 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 I, I've sinned, I was wrong, Lord, I repent, and I, I just want to come back to you. Father God, just please break that off right now in the name of your son, Jesus. Uh, I'm going to pray over you as we close out, and, uh, and I'm just I'm excited to see everybody again. You know, I hate, I keep saying it, but I hate not being together in person. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be back together again, 10 a.m. at the Better Together campus, uh, back at the gym again. Uh, we'll keep people posted throughout the week, but don't forget Tuesday and Thursday we have prayer meetings 7 p.m. at the Better to Get Together campus in the South Annex. 
uh, come find us there. Come join us. If you've never been before, uh, it's, it's always an incredible experience. Uh, but we're looking forward to that, seeing you this week. Let me pray for you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Father God, I just thank you so much for this time together. And God, I just pray that uh, you just give us a heart of repentance, that we would just come before you just completely broken, and uh, that we would just lay it all down, uh, that we would just stop pointing the finger, uh, that we'd stop trying to, to blame our sins or to hide our sins. Uh, God, that we would just die to the flesh and that we would live uh, by your spirit, that we'd live uh, in unity with you, that we'd walk by your voice, that we'd walk by your word. And God, I, I just pray for uh, just a season of prayer and fasting, that it would be a season where we would just be strengthened inwardly, that our spirits would just be built up, uh, that we'd be fortified in this season, Lord. Uh, God, I, I just I praise you for your word and uh, what we can learn from it every day. Uh, Father God, I, I just, I'm thankful for the story of, uh, of Jacob and Esau and what we see here. Uh, I just pray that this would be a church that we wouldn't sell our birthright for the flesh that we would just walk by your spirit all the days of our lives, no matter what we face, uh, whether it's hunger, persecution, uh, anything that comes our way, any trial, uh, that we would walk by your voice, Lord. And we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, see you guys next Sunday.